Hello everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast, uh, coming to you on a Sunday morning. Uh, going to talk a little bit about nicotine cessation today and uh, what we call simply the quit. Uh, when I type it, I always capitalize it. Uh, the certain words I'm beginning to capitalize it uh, in my vocabulary that, that means something to me and, and my quit means something to me and and uh, as small as a demonstration it is it's still a demonstration that I make uh, uh, to myself not for anybody else necessarily to uh, to show that I really am in this thing and that uh, and that I mean it uh, today we will uh, have uh, well I'll just go ahead and do the regular commercials uh, 12 step spiritual recovery is a book by James Christopher Cohn it is a 12 steps for everyone uh, I'm more and more uh, unabashedly promoting that in my words and uh, frankly it's a master's level course in the 12 steps you can do the 12 steps th- th- with that book on your own if you want there are a couple steps that require assistance but um, for the most part it's a it's a point by point uh, way to get a lot of uh to receive a lot of power through using the steps and practicing those principles in your life. I like to say it's the great compendium, the magnum opus, the Mac, the optimus prime version of the 12 steps. So go get that on Amazon 12 step spiritual recovery by James Christopher Cohn. Spiritual underground.org is the website that supports this podcast. Uh, You can go there and see uh, show notes and other tidbits. There's a contact me page. You can see pictures of the folks that are on the podcast uh, to put that face with the voice, that is spiritualunderground.org. DTMWW.net is my little handyman woodworking business. Uh, if you're in a Louisville metropolitan area, uh, contact me at dan at DTMWW.net. Uh, Facebook pages support these things. And uh, there's a website out there, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. We have a bunch of stuff to support all these movements as uh, one needs to have in our lives today if you're going to be doing this. So check that stuff out. If you have any problem finding that, you can find me easy enough uh, through one of those pages in the contact me button. And I will point you in the direction if I can possibly help you in any manner. I am uh, doing that with my life today. Uh, The music wrapped around here, I haven't decided. I've been using Jim's music around the podcast. I suppose that's what I will do again. Uh, I think it's fitting and it works well. So it's... uh, um, And it rocks. And it rocks. That's what I was getting ready to say. Uh, The tempo suits the the fury of a quit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So uh, today, Jim and I, Jim, uh, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks but, for having me back. And every time I speak into my phone voice to text and I say Gemini, it does the astrological symbol Gemini <laughs> with a with a G. And uh, I'm a Libra. <laughs> well, it would uh, it would have been very interesting had you said I'm a Gemini. Uh, <laughs> so today we're going to do. Uh, we just kind of talked about it. We're going to do a little quitting 101. We've had a uh, honor. I'll say it's an honor and a privilege to have some new quitters in our group lately and uh one of them um tony you guys heard him his story a matter of fact i looked down today and he is 150 days quit today uh we have another brother marshall he is uh you've heard his story on the podcast and he posted a day 99 this morning 
in, in science and in the nicotine quitting world that, that around that 90 to 100 day mark and really the 90 day mark in most places and for whatever reason in the nicotine world we celebrate zeros that day 100 is the big uh, first big mile win. marker where you uh, you're you know I hate to use these terms, but they, they are fitting. You know, you're kind of out of the woods. Now, you're not because it's a lifelong thing. We are never cured, but it is a big stepping stone. And we and, and, and I think it's important that we celebrate uh, these things in our lives. And for whatever reason, zeros are as good a reason as any other. And, uh, and, and in, that, in that same vein, you know, uh, the terminology that I learned was uh, that is the first floor. And when you hit 200, it's the second. And when you hit 1,800, it's the 18th floor. Oh, so yeah. uh, kind of like that terminology for some reason, too. It, it, it fits me. So we're going to do a little quitting 101. And uh, hopefully, if you're looking to uh, stop your nicotine usage, this will be of some value to you. Uh, one thing about it is, is uh, you know, we, we, we tend to think that we're, the, we're unique enough that I'm having feelings nobody else has when I'm doing this and then am I going crazy? Is there something wrong with me? Uh, some of those things are things we want to dispel today because, uh, as I've before the show was Jim and I were talking, uh, the, uh, nicotine quitting. I'm, 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 I'm probably more proud of my nicotine quit than I am of my booze and my dope. My ass was on fire in the dope and the booze. And, uh, I had some other consequences that actually caused me to need to do that and in the quit, it was a thing that I did for me. And uh, I was not having any health issues. I was, you know, I'm any more than, than you know, nothing, nothing, nothing drastic. I didn't get a warning from a doctor or anything like that. Uh, I just uh, one day was sitting across the table with a sponsee talking about improving the quality of our life through uh, uh, seeking to, well, improve the quality of our life in recovery by uh, continuing to take steps that make me a better version of me today than I was yesterday. And I spit into my dip cup and it just hit me like a ton of bricks, how hypocritical that felt at that moment. And, uh, and, and I took steps from that point uh, to uh, try to find a way to stop. And uh, higher power led me to a way to do it. And here I am some uh, 700 and what is my number today? It's 774, isn't it? Uh, well, you would know better than I because you keep track of these things so good. 70, uh, I'm sorry, 70, 775. 775. I thought that's what it was. So uh, some 775 days later, uh, remaining uh, nicotine-free. And that is not, uh, that is no gum, no lozenges, no vape, no nothing, no nicotine. Uh, there are some people that, you know, I'm guilty of swapping devices and continuing to use the drug. And uh, today I am completely free. So uh, let's get rolling and talk about some stuff, Jim. I've burned up uh, quite a few minutes here at airtime. Let's hear from you for a minute. Well, I, I think uh, basically what most people need to know that, uh, we're not just escaping the delivery mechanism, right? You right. know, it's the, the smoking, the, the, the burning embers going into your lungs, of course, that's bad. Um, the, the, the poisons, uh, the chemicals that they treat the tobacco with, if we're dipping it, it's going straight into our bloodstream. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, and when you actually do finally get the doctor's note, if you will, you know, the warning, that's when it's too late. 
they, they've already detected something, right? Yeah. Uh, be it in the lungs or, you know, some growth in your mouth or, you know, God knows the kind of bad stuff that can happen to us. So um, there is no better time to quit than now. Don't wait for the doctor. I, I, I guess that's my point. Uh, I started seeing the warning signs myself. Um, and and I just, I got tired of the coughing, the hacking, the sore the sore gums. Because yes, as, as you recall, as everybody knows, I did it all. Yeah, I was smoking, dipping, vaping. Uh, I had the nicotine lozenges all on me at any given time or within arm's reach. Um, so it, it just it was necessary for me to quit before I got that doctor's note that nobody wants to hear. Yeah, the big C word. Right, and it's worse than the other C word. This this one is. <laughs> fatal, yeah. yeah. So I, I, you know what I, we can't talk about that that first decision enough, in my opinion. Um, it's critical that you do it, and you said it. This quit was for you, uh, and uh, I mean that's kind of the litmus test that I give a whole lot of new people. It's just why are you quitting? And uh, basically, the the answer we're looking for is I'm quitting for me. Um, and it could be covered up with a doctor's note or I, I, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, the reason why is, uh, you know, and when we, what the other, the, the flip side of that is, is when the answer to the question of why are you quitting ends up being somebody else or something else, uh, usually that's um, uh not the not the step that we're looking for. Uh, no, we it's do kind of a, a warning doing, sign. Yeah, if you're doing it for somebody else, then uh, then the probability of you staying quit uh, drops off pretty quickly. Yeah, and uh, so I, I think uh, what a lot of people worry about, you know, at, whether they're quitting for themselves or somebody else, uh, it always always comes back that first couple days. Am I normal? What the you know, I, I'm feeling this and that and the other thing. And uh, obviously, I'm the only person that has ever felt this stuff in the entire history of quit. Yeah. It's interesting how uh, our egos will separate us from that, you know, and believe that we're that unique, that, uh, that, that we're feeling something nobody else has felt. And what a relief it is when you begin to get into these support groups and, um, and, and get some people around you that can affirm that, that, yeah, that, you know, this is normal, you know, this is normal. And there's, there's nothing more, uh, re, not rewarding, relaxing, uh, reaffirming. And there's a great word, more, nothing more reaffirming than having somebody that has been quit for, oh, thousands of days or even hundreds, um, saying, look, brother, it's okay. This is normal. Uh, your, your, your shaky hands, your, you know, I can't concentrate. I can't, I can't even carry on a normal conversation with my dog, let alone a coworker. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that first 72 hours, just kind of, uh, having somebody tell you it's normal kind of takes the sting off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I will put in here too, that, uh, neither Jim nor I are, uh, 
or doctors or have any special training in this other than the experience we have gained by doing this and doing it with others. Uh, we, we're, we're sharing our experience, strength, and hope uh, uh, only. So, yes, when we quote certain things uh, like timelines and things like that, that is our experience. And that and by all means, if you feel something that is physically or psychologically just beyond the scope of normal or what anybody tells you is normal, uh, quit listening to us and go straight to a <laughs> yeah, doctor. Exactly. Because yeah. I'm not a doctor, I, and, uh, but I do know quit. Uh, but, you know, not from a, uh, let me diagnose you with something. Uh, it's not me. Yeah. Well, my first, you know, the, the first few days, and, and if I recall, it was a Sunday night when I, when I was sitting with this gentleman that, that when I got hit over the head with a frying pan with the hypocrisy of my sitting there dipping and telling this guy about, uh, uh, preaching the word of, of, uh, putting down things that are bad for you. And I went three days before actually doing anything about it. I was totally on my own. I just, I didn't even, I didn't tell anybody I was quitting. Uh, I, I just, I just began to do that. And I, and my first, my first uh, attempt, of, uh, you know, first thing come to my mind was to uh, use a substitute. And what do we call it? NRT, nicotine replacement therapy. Uh, the, um, which, you know, frankly, you know, uh, Again, I say I say this about the twelve steps and drinking. Uh, you know, there are other ways to stop. I know other people. I have a very dear friend of mine whose quit date is like a month after mine, and he didn't use the tools I used. Uh, there are other ways to quit. Uh, what I will tell you is, this is the only way I know <laughs> how to quit. Uh, I can. There, there may be um, other methods, and, and nicotine replacement therapy has apparently worked for some people. Uh, what I found is I was unable to moderate any other chemicals that I ever used. And, but for some reason, uh, I had it in my head that I could moderate nicotine and one, you know, it would come to me very quickly as those first few days, uh, that, that, that language hit my heart that I was unable to, to moderate other things. Why in the world did I think I could moderate this? Yeah. And I'll tell you, I I come from a long line of nicotine addicts. Um, brother's a nicotine addict. Both my parents nicotine addict. My grandparents nicotine addicts. Um, being in the army, I was surrounded by nicotine addicts. Um, none of, of course, none of these people ever called themselves addicts. Nope. Uh, well, my brother, my brother got well, smart. Well, yeah, but that was after he was. Oh, after oh, yeah. he drank after, the Kool Aid, so to right. speak. And I, so hat tip to my brother. Um, he got smart before I did. Um, and he showed me the way to the support group version of quitting. Cause everything else I tried was, it was bogus. It just didn't work as an addict. You, you, you hit the nail on it. I, I could not moderate and I had no accountability to keep me from the, the chemical that I wanted, um, and it just wasn't a delivery system. Sure, I enjoyed smoking, but I was loving the chemicals. Yeah. The nicotine is what I wanted, and I didn't care how I got it. It's interesting to say that, you know, 
that we enjoyed it. Did that feel so weird? It, it feels weird to me. To uh, I did a little YouTube video of uh, sucking on a pacifier. <laughs> I remember and, that. And uh, and you know, and and that really, you know, that that was partly for me because that's the way I looked at that, you know. And I like, well, I, 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 Jim, I just enjoy sucking on my pacifier. I'm not putting it down. Uh, <laughs> but we all got it. We knew exactly what you were doing. That's why it was so funny. Yeah. Uh, the uh, well, you're you're an acronym guy coming from a military background. You know, and we use that NRT and the acronym for what we're doing here is a uh, MST, a mutual or uh, uh, MSG, which is like the chemical that you put on meat to tenderize it. Uh, it's interesting, but it's a mutual support group. It's when people yeah. who have done things together, uh, you know. We have a common problem and a common solution. That's also what we say in 12-step circles. And it's the same thing that works here. We have a common problem and a common solution. And by doing it together, um, you know, right off the bat, that thing of no accountability. uh, And I didn't, it wasn't that I was dodging accountability. uh, I just didn't know how to get it. Um, There was, you know, I had a few friends that would support my stopping using nicotine. But nothing like... uh, Nothing like the group I have around me today where I actually have a focused group on helping me stay accountable. And, uh, and, and we do that by our daily promise every day, uh, amongst other things, of uh, one day at a time posting a number that is my promise to me, my higher power, and my brothers and sisters and quit uh, that I won't use just for today. Yeah, it's not a new or novel concept. Nope. I, I think it was uh, um, one of the times that I really made an honest-to-God effort. It was after my first divorce. Um, I realized I needed somebody. I, I didn't realize the word accountability, even though accountability is big, big military word, right? Right, yep. Got to uh, be everything able to depend on your guys there. Yeah, accountability of your people, accountability of your equipment, accountability of resources, you name it. And so I was uh, familiar with the word, but I'm like, okay, dude, you know, as I'm sitting at the bar smoking a cigarette with my buddy, uh, I'm like, I got to quit. You want to quit? Well, yeah, I'm, I want to quit. You know, granted at the time, these are drunken promises. Yeah, bar store promises. Yeah, we were dancing on the edge of what was going to work. And that was a quit buddy. Hmm. Somebody that when you're wanting to buy that pack of cigarettes... He's the dude that's going to come up and whack you upside the head, call you an idiot, and say, look, you if you cave, I'm going to cave too. So fuck you. I'm not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. You know? So we were on the verge of of doing the what was going to work long before these quit sites showed up, long before Group Me. We had the right idea in our heads. And that is, I can't do this by myself. I want somebody to kick me in the butt when I feel weak. Yep. Accountability, uh, you know, I just know without a shadow of a doubt that that I am unable to do this stuff on my own. I won't do it. You know, uh, I can't imagine, you know, if you were in a spot where you couldn't catch on and actually have some support, I think you'd be, I think you'd be doomed to continue to use uh, without the accountability and then, I like I've been using this word a bunch lately is this collateral benefit rather than collateral damage. The collateral benefit of this whole accountability thing is that, 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 that I made a whole batch of friends, of new friends that, uh, that I, that I get to have in my life. And, uh, 
you know, that was something else that I did for a long time was kept you outside, you know, kept a, kept a, kept a close, uh, close hoop on my personal business and didn't let anybody in. And, and today's the opposite, man. And it's just so, uh, so much better way to live to allow people into my life than that other deal where I felt uh, uh, like I had my shields up all the time. Yeah, I'll keep you at arm's length. Uh, you're going to only know me by the colonel. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what clicked in my head uh, that went, you know what, I have, it was this quit, Dan. It, it was definitely this time when I decided it really was for me. And I had to let that last bastion of uh, security, I had to let it go. And I let it go, and that's when you learned who I really was. That's when yeah. Billy found out who I really was. And God help me, I'll mention Steve, too. I don't I don't know why. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, he does, to a degree. Yeah. Uh, kind of bitter pill. But I opened up to you guys, and that's what solidified. I no longer had any, any place to hide, you know? Uh, so... I recall. And, go ahead. One of the things that, that stuck in my head was as I was, uh, you know, I do that woodworking deal, and and I've been making tokens for people for their sobriety milestones. And when we were coming up on a hundred days in our group, uh, I wanted specifically to make certain friends of mine those, and I wanted to surprise them. And so most of people, you know, I'd send a little text that said, "Hey, man, uh, uh, you just gotta trust me on this. Don't don't." Uh, you know, don't don't look too deeply into it, but I'd like to have your address. I, I remember that. And uh, and, and and so most people, uh, you know, uh, gave it up pretty freely. Uh, it took a few minutes for Jim to come around and go, "Okay, uh, I'll trust you," and and do it because you did. You had you had some walls up uh, that you know, and I think even to this day, there's probably a lot of people that don't know your real first name. And good. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> not good. Well. Uh, given the history, the the, the people I'm speaking right. of, yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! But yeah, that that was I, I did have that was a turning point for me, um, letting down that last wall, and because uh, the other times I tried to quit in those social environments, uh, I didn't tell anybody anything. So yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, you know, uh, I find it. I found it hard to 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 make positive changes in my life when I had my walls up. Uh, I mean, even like going to the gym and doing things like that. If you don't, if I don't have somebody alongside, I'm just not going to stick it out that long. Yeah, the rest of the time, you're just fronting, right? You yeah. know. Yep. So those first three days, let's run to do the, you're a lot better at this than me, uh, uh, this, these, these timelines. And I know that, uh, um, there's no hard and fast rules in any of this. It's just, uh, guidelines and, and what it is, is also just some experience that we have of our own quit. And then also watching other people have tough, tough times during certain timelines. And that's a, one of the things also that's odd about nicotine is that, uh, that like breaking the habit of using drugs and alcohol, although I, you know, it still comes around 
and knocks at my door now and again under certain circumstances, uh, nicotine has a whole different way of doing that. Uh, we call it the Nick bitch. Uh, and and you can be like you know you can have like a and, and again you're better to timelines than me but let's just say you, know, you could be cruising along in your in your around I don't uh, what's an easy window I know there ain't no easy one but let's say 40s I don't know uh, 40s seemed like I don't recall a lot of catastrophe in my 40 days that 40s was good and uh, you're hitting you're approaching that halfway mark to 100 which you know kind of feels like you know okay man I'm actually gonna get get to the halfway point and uh and and you have these days of like you know in my head i'd go i got this thing whipped right i'd be like uh, yeah everything everything is yeah. going good uh I, and it's not really so much that i've got it whipped but more like i feel that i made a big breakthrough you know that i punched through some timeline and that it was gonna you know it, it's only gonna get easier from here and then you turn the corner, man, and, and and pow, she's knocking at your door hard again, you know. And I don't remember that uh, specific thing with with other substances in the in at the, in the at the intensity that I remember it with nicotine, because I would go, my mood would just go completely sour, and that's that's unlike me. That is that's contrary to my nature in recovery, of uh, of being in a shitty mood. And all of a sudden, I'd find myself uh, in in our circle in in twelve step recovery. We call it irritable, restless, and discontent. <laughs> uh, understatement for uh, some of the stuff we go through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, words sometimes aren't good enough to to fit uh, what that is. Uh, but yeah, I would just be any little thing. My wick would be so short on any little thing. You know, that's the irritability. You know, it didn't make any difference if I, you know, Lord, for, you know, if I stump my toe or something, I'm ready to, you know, put my fist to the wall. Uh, you know, small little bumps would do that. And then like the discontentedness, uh, that's just constantly feeling like there wasn't, you know, something was missing. Something is missing. Something is missing. Uh, this is not enough. And I would like, you know, and I found myself overeating. I felt myself compensating in other areas. Uh, and of course the restlessness is just that, that not being able to sit still, um, you know, cannot focus on anything, trying to sit and look and like a sit down at my desk in the morning at work and a day would go by and I had not hit a lick. You know, I look back at my day and I'm like, man, I didn't do shit today. Uh, it's interesting how it grabs you later on down the you know after you've got some days under your belt and hell it still does yeah it, it does it just not as bad of course but uh you know dan i i remember um uh of course like we talked about with the 12-step uh, uh observations um you might not have seen it as well as i did but i watched like one night you're just happy go lucky you're you're chugging along on your quit then the very next morning, I'm reading that you just burned every bridge in the world. Yeah. And I'm like, what happened? How could this possibly happen? And it's because the Nick bitch snuck up on you. And, uh, uh, well, she had her way with you. And yeah. it, it got to you. And you, you lost faith in the program. You lost faith in your ability to stay quit. Um. Not to the point of caving, but just to the point of, I don't need this crap. Yeah. You know, what I actually thought is I, I thought I could go it alone. It was, I don't need you guys. That was a bigger, uh, 
Um, and I'll, I'll just take a minute to speak to that. And I can't really even, you know, there was no specific thing that happened. Uh, we, you know, typically we, uh, bantered around and, uh, and something triggered me and, and, and I got my, you know, I got my feelings hurt. Uh, somebody said something that, that made me mad and I grabbed my ball and went home. Uh, and in, in that, uh, and I, I can remember the weekend, the weekend was almost like a blackout. Uh, it was, yeah. it was like, I would call it a gray out cause it's foggy and it was even foggy then. And I did some stuff the night before, uh, when, and I'll, and I'll speak to that just a second that, that I, that I didn't really remember. It felt like a dream. It didn't feel real. And, uh, and it was, there was a quarterly going on, which is, uh, every quarter our local and I don't know, maybe they do it other places too, but our, our, our AA circle, our AA community has uh, a big meeting in like in a gymnasium where there's a few hundred people and they talk about some business of AA, you know, some things that are going on in the, in the community. And then they bring in some, uh, uh, some pretty big speakers and have them share. And I remember I went with one person I went with was Quentin, Quentin and, and Chase and I were, uh, heading out on a Saturday night to have a good evening of recovery and, and had two sponsees with me, uh, should have been a good night. And I got home later on and, it was someplace around 11 p.m. or something like that. And I had been talking to Joel. I've been talking to Cavman that night, texting him during this meeting. And I never, and, uh, and I never, uh, I didn't even pay attention to the meeting. I know that like that night I was completely out inside my head. You know, I went to this thing and I, and I sat there and I didn't pay attention to any of it. I don't even know what was going on. And I know that my two guys were with me also spoke to it that said, you know, well, are you okay, dude? And uh, of course I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And, uh, and I got home and logged on to that site and something tripped my whistle. And, uh, and I told everybody to fuck off and signed off of the site. I, we'd have that intro where you could go in there and kind of do a little journaling, personal journaling on your journey. And I deleted every single post in my intro. Uh, I, blocked some 80 people or so in my telephone uh all the contacts i had from that group i went in and 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 blocked them all uh i went on facebook and unfriended everybody that i had friended through that avenue and uh and i thought i you know i was like you know fuck y'all i'm uh i don't need you and i went to bed that night and i woke up the next morning with some kind of like hangover of not really knowing what happened i had to like lock on and i'm like i'll be damn i did do that and and i'll joke around you know do you know how long it takes to block 80 people on your telephone dude you were determined (laughs) it takes it it takes almost exactly the same amount of time as it takes to unblock them (laughs) (laughs) well okay that too you were Uh, on a mission you were on a mission to erase this part of your history for whatever reason and i'm sure if uh that well and and uh, and see, this is where I was talking before the show where things get foggy, but somebody I didn't, there was one person I didn't block and it was a by accident. And that person called me on Sunday morning and got through to me and I actually answered the phone and I didn't want to answer the phone. Uh, 12 steps has got me answering telephone calls where I used to wouldn't. And I picked up the telephone and that guy talked me off the ledge. 
Yeah, I can't remember who that was. I think it was Steve. It might have been. Uh, I, think I, it, I I know I was able to reach you, but yeah. it could have been after him. Yeah, yeah. it was in, the, as I started unblocking numbers after talking to Steve, and then I did an apology video. But that <laughs> that whole event uh, really shook me um, as far as, like, it, the depth that, 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 you know, I, I think it was, if I remember right, it was someplace like 30 to 32 days. It was right around your thirties. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was a, a deal where I, I, I did think that I was, that I could do it on my own. Uh, I know I was isolating, you know, that was an attempt to begin isolating. Luckily it was less than 24 hours. You know, I didn't even isolate for a day, uh, come back to my senses and, and, and got back on it. I'm certain as, as, as I'm certain that I'm standing here doing a podcast with you, that it would have, if it, if it had gone on for more than a couple of days, I would have caved. Yeah. I know. And by it, isolating just for those people that, I, I mean, when you start closing off all your access and, and isolating yourself from your methods of support and accountability, um, basically you're setting yourself up for a cave. Yep. Yep. You've, uh, you've... and I was scared as hell for you. I, I had already felt a kindred or, a, a brotherhood with you. And when you burned all those bridges and a bridge to me included, that really shook my quit too. And I'm 10 days ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 not this guy. I need this guy. I need, I need, I need the dog. I need a probe and I need strains. I need these guys. And to lose you, that really hurt. Um, not said as a guilt thing. No, I understand, man. Actually, it warms my heart. To be honest, it's a, it's it's a that's a blessing. Uh, what you just said. And you're still here. Uh, what? Oh my God! Two years later. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but anyway, the the whole point on this, folks, is what I've seen, and some people are different, but I've seen enough people go through the twenties. The, the their their twenty day count into their early thirties, it for some reason has some history. It's a tough transition. You're out of your honeymoon period where hey, I feel great. I I finally kicked this bastard or you know what I don't I don't need all this other support. I did this primarily on my own. Yeah. Um. The physical portion of it is is pretty much left you. By yeah, that time, it's gone. you know, so you're not, you know, the kind of the habit side of it, the physical habit of it is, uh, is, is way, you know, is behind you. Uh, yeah. and, but the chemical, you know, and, and again, I, uh, this is my frame of reference. So I always connect things to this is like in the 12 step into things, you know, I may have, uh, uh, stopped the, uh, we call it the allergy because I'm not using Once I start using, I'm going to continue to use, uh, but the obsession the chemical in my brain still, you know, my brain still wanted that back. Yeah. You weren't rewired yet. And that is essentially what the nicotine cessation is. You got to rewire. You do. Your, your brain is just so jazzed up on this shit because you're constantly on it. And it doesn't know what to do without the nicotine. And so that opens a void and a Nick bitch begins to whisper. 
and she whispers hard. Actually, she ain't whispering in the 20s and 30s. She's screaming. Yeah. And every time I've quit, every time for me, again, just for me, and, you know, I plenty of guys I've seen go through it, um, that is just a terrible time. Um, it's, it, well, definitely better than the first 72 hours, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I, was, I was curled up in a fetal position for eight days. Not three days, but eight days for me. Yeah. Because I just figured if I sleep through the whole damn thing, I can wake up and it'll go away. That's really what I hope for. Yeah, that was, uh, speaking of that, just to touch on it, you know, uh, sleep was always an escape mechanism for me whenever I was in a pinch. Uh, I would always fall back to wanting to sleep in order to not feel, you know, and it was, uh, problem is I can only sleep so long. Uh, yep. When I was a child, when I would get in trouble, that's usually what I would do. I would go to my bed and pull the covers up over my head, and if I wasn't sleeping, I was pretending to be. Now you think about it. What what is, what are we actually doing? We're healing, right? Yeah. Well, what does the body? What is the in, instinctive approach of the body? Yeah, to rest. To rest, and, and you just wake up. Hopefully, you wake up the next day feeling better, if not you know cured. But obviously, with nicotine, it ain't gonna happen. But we still want it to. Yeah. <laughs> Greetings, folks. This is the Colonel. You may remember me from episode 126 about nicotine recovery. Well, I'm here with this week's public quit announcement for those of you wishing to add nicotine to your recovery roster. This PQA is brought to you by DTM Enterprises and the Fury Council. Well, my friends, I recently experienced a few events that were worthy of any discussion on recovery or nicotine quit. Demonstrations that even after 780 plus days of quit, the addiction remains a clear and present danger to each of us. We are never cured nor immune. I had a young friend of mine facing a particularly difficult time with his professional life. The job was shaking him up pretty good, but we were all still managing to joke about it without really thinking any better. The next morning, I looked at his pleas through fresh eyes. He was back out on the quit ledge without even realizing it. Our simple recollections about quit and offers to help were enough for my dearest friend to make his own decisions. Then recently, I too was faced with a few of the demons from my earlier quit days causing me to begin craving harder and becoming more combative in my responses, almost reliving those days when the rage was still getting the better of me. I had obviously lost track of my quit plan. Oh, it hadn't needed any dusting off in almost 400 days. Well, I couldn't have been more wrong by letting this happen. Thanks to my quit brothers for providing a few choice words of concern and commitment and a couple well-placed kicks to my testicles, I got back on the right path but with the single warning whispered in my ears by the lingering addiction saying, I will always be there waiting for you in these moments of weakness. Count on it. Well, my friends, this has been your peak way for the week. Take it from Dan and I. It all gets better, and you only need to worry about staying quit today, one day at a time. Quit on and carry on, my friends. Colonel No Copa. Did you take time off work to do it? Uh, no, I, I was lucky to have a, uh, a more flexible kind of work schedule. 
So you just, uh, what I say in, is you put a tourniquet on the work just to keep it from bleeding out and, and, and focused on those days of getting through that suck yes. in the beginning. It, well, I'm lucky that, see, I work uh, in a construction environment, right? Uh-huh. Uh, no thin skins in construction. Yeah. So I, you know, if I ended up answering the phone and saying, hey, fuck you, this is the way it's going to happen. Well, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> not forgivable, but expected. It, you see what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I, I did, if I had gone into any other office, you know, like a cube farm environment, uh-huh. uh, a corporate level position, I never would have survived it. I, I would have been, I would have been tearing heads off. Yeah. You know, the, the whole narrative stories would have been true. I would have been shooting people, ripping heads off and tossing them over the cubicles for their friends to look at. Um, that's, it just how bad I had it. Not everybody has it that bad. Of yeah. course. Well, I don't have the job I had when uh, when I was quitting anymore, so I can say that for weeks I would I would throw a guess out that my productivity probably dropped down into like the thirty percent or something at best. Uh, as well as your fuckets too. You had a lot of fuckets. Spound uh, on that. Okay. Uh, fuck it. I don't care what they think. Oh Fuck yeah. Fuck it. I got a meeting. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to I'm going to yep. pose to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I did and uh they I could I could be, be on the on, on in constant contact with uh with with other nicotine quitters and I I had that ability and I pretty much did it. <laughs> yeah. Um and I needed that really bad, you know, and uh just as another tool just as you know that 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 exposure to that level of contact with other people doing the same thing. Uh, I didn't have that in my in my twelve step circles, uh, and but today I actually do. That's one of the things that nicotine quitting. That's one of the tools that that was added to my toolbox through quitting was that like our group meets and stuff where where we have where I have the ability to be in contact with people uh, anytime, and and I can do it in somewhat of a group setting too because there is still I'm a lot better at it today. It's not that that, but certainly in the beginning. Uh, reaching out to people one-on-one is very difficult. Uh, I feel like I'm bothering you. The Nick bitch tells me not to bother him. He's probably working. And But in these in this group me, in these kind of environments, uh, I can reach out to a bunch of people and that guilt ain't laying on me. You know, I can, yeah. I can it's like standing in a room of friends rather than one-on-one. Yeah, you, you send out a single, I need help. Yeah. As opposed to calling 20 different people. You just put it out there one time, and somebody's going to answer. Yep, and you get yeah, and, and multiple will you know. So you end up getting some uh, uh, various angles and support, and you know sometimes it's just uh, love you, brother. You know <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that's all the support I need. I'm not necessarily looking for an answer to my problem, or but, somebody to coddle your balls. You yeah. just uh, damn it, somebody responded. Yeah. And in those first uh, those first thirty days, that is more critical, in my opinion, uh, than any any other thing you can do. Is just to reach out and say, "Hey, uh, today sucks." Yep. 
It's the most powerful tool we have. Is our so, bro- is our is our uh, friendships and and that that brotherhood that you got somebody who will support you. Well, here's uh, during the same time since we're gonna uh, we mentioned the occasions that run up to the 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 fifty day mark. Um, I, I think what really begins to eat away at our uh, ability to stay quit, our our commitment to it, is losing the the urge to ask for help. We'll call it complacency. You're just you think you have it right. You got yeah. this nailed. Um, nobody's really giving me anything that I can't give to myself. By God, if that's not an addict phrase, yep. Uh, there, you know, there isn't one better written. And uh, complacency has killed more quits. I, I've watched it. Uh, I well, I've watched it with me. But I've watched it for, if I haven't seen 100 people do it, then, you know, I'm a fake. Yep. yep. I just eventually going, ah, you know, honeymoon phase is over. Uh, I feel great. I've got everything I need. I don't need all your drama. I don't need your accountability. This waking up in the morning, posting my promise. This is a bunch of hogwash. And whammo, you see that bastard back in about 30 days posting his day one right yep yeah we tell you know i remember people talking about not having time to post roll (laughs) and it's like uh really dude uh you can't take a minute in the morning uh especially like you know and i kind of go you know when i push my my chips to the middle of the table in these things i do it uh in attic fashion to extreme so you know i still text a bunch of people i post uh, my day count in probably six different group meets the people that don't even care <laughs> uh uh but you know you could whittle that down and 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 just post in the one spot that's your your hat hanger uh and and that's that that's sufficient and that's a 30 second deal at worst uh I sit down and pee. I can do it while I'm sitting down and peeing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Billy did it during his morning shit. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of us, it was wake up, piss, post. For Billy, it was wake up, sit down, take a shit. And, you know, that that was his time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't take long to be accountable. In a 12-step world... Uh, we say, so I parallel once again, uh, the same thing is what we do is we stop going to meetings and we stop calling our sponsor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and here we, we drop off, you know, cause my, uh, I actually, you know, now that I have a couple people that are quit with me here locally in, uh, in, in my 12 step circles, I have some local accountability, uh, coaches, Brad, he, he when uh, I still remember I was talking to him and he came in there a couple months after we did. And he said, Hey, I saw you're from New Albany. I live in Floyd Knobs. And so he lives, you know, 15 minutes from me. Um, awesome. Yeah. Which was cool. But for the most part, my nicotine cessation accountability is spread across the country. Uh, and it's every bit as effective, you know, as, as, as my, as my neighbors. Uh, it's interesting that, uh, uh, that technology allows us to do that. Yeah, finally, and, an occasion where social media actually is doing something good. 
yeah, I hear it a lot. I get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of, uh, negative energy from folks in the last few days, even specifically about, uh, social media. And in a couple places in my life, it's, uh, frankly required. And, and even though our group meets are not social media in the, in the regard that it's public because they're private chat groups, um, it still is to some extent that, that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, uh, I promote a couple things on social media. So if you don't have that, you, it's just, it's just, uh, it's a requirement today for me in my life. So the other side of that is, is that when I hear the negativity, I, I have to instantly reject it or else, you know, cause I, I can't let that in my life. I, I need to continue to promote my woodworking business in the podcast and things like that. And I need this nicotine quit thing. Cause if I turned off my accountability across that, uh, again, it, it would have the same result we were just speaking of. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, pros and cons to everything out there. And, and <laughs> what's it come down to for everything? moderation right yeah and since we can't moderate our addictive behavior for our substances we need social media but there's there are some people that live on on social media and it's almost a problem in and of itself for them and I, I that's obviously a topic for a different time but that's what turned me off about um outlets like facebook and um, I mean, areas where I could have gotten more support than uh, I could ask for. I was shutting it off because of negative, you know, the negative Nellies out there, uh, which is also obviously what killed our uh, our uh, support at the other, you know, at, at KTC. Yep. It's a shame the negativity destroyed an otherwise honorable, right? Uh, uh, outlet that the site had the right things in mind uh the the right platform and it was exactly what i needed exactly what well pretty much what everybody there needs um but yeah that the 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 few spoiled it yeah and you know um i take that on my i take that on myself today you know i've learned um you know most of the time when i for this guy, uh, when I when I cast that out there, usually I can hold a mirror up because you know I was as big as instigator as anybody, uh, and and I pushed, but I pushed buttons in a different way, you know. Uh, so I have I have to take the good with the bad in most places in your life, you know. I mean, there's no place you can go that doesn't have that element. Yeah, it takes two uh, to tango. Yep, and and you know it doesn't matter if I go to the grocery store or the library or to a bar, uh, I'm going to run into all types of people who are going to cross section me and, and I'm going to, and, and I'm going to, my, my hackles are going to get raised over certain things, no matter where I go. You know, this is a, this is a great segue into another topic I wanted to talk about with quitting one-on-one. We've already hit a couple of these, but the excuses. Yeah. Let's talk about because remember that time we made that list yep. of all the reasons why I don't want to be a, a part of this anymore. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. All the reasons to cave. Yeah. All the <laughs> reasons. Essentially, that's what it boiled down to. Yeah. But they don't look like that. They look like other things. It looks like it's taking time away from my wife. It looks like it's, uh, you know, well, we could start going on and on about the different excuses and we should. 
I, 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 you know what? I, I think if we list off maybe some of the top five that I recall hearing, that you recall hearing, um, then people realize that when they try and pitch that stuff, uh, they're really just making excuses. They yeah. don't, that the Nick bitch is whispering to them again and they don't realize it. Yeah. I, I love the, I don't need all this drama. That there was like go. number one. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't have that list someplace. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can find it here now or not. Uh, so what are some more? Uh, the, I don't have time. You already brought that one right. up earlier. Yeah. Which everybody knows. It's just a, that's a, that's a, a crack out. of shit. Yeah. It's a cop out. Uh, you're not telling me anything I don't already know. Yeah. Uh, I don't need you all. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, which just by typing that, that's a, <laughs> it's contradictory, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I don't need you all, but if I didn't need you all, I wouldn't be typing it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bunch of crap. I hated that one. Uh, let's see here. Um, I can do this on my own. Yeah. Which is a variation of I don't need you. A very, it's actually a very typical one in the 20s, in the day 20 to day 30 time, uh, time frame, is I, I, you know, I can do this on my own. Because uh, the honeymoon phase is over, they're, they're feeling great. Uh, until they're not. Well, I've got a uh, lot of documents in my folder that's called KTC. Uh, but I don't see one with the excuses in it. It's a hell of a list. Uh, and I think that was one that we uh, created where everybody was chiming in, so the list built. Uh, yeah, we were trying to do it like roll call, where you would copy and paste it and add to it. Or like a vortex. Yeah, yeah, that's the way. maybe that's the way we were doing it. <laughs> But, there I mean, is uh, a ton of excuses, and it becomes like um, uh, so cliche after a minute, you know, when you get a new guy that comes in and they start spouting them, and you're like, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's interesting because it it uh, it comes off like they've invented these excuses, you know. <laughs> they think they have. Yeah. This is a, I'm brand new here, and uh, and I know uh, I know how to do this. I just needed to get past the first couple days. Yeah. That's all I needed. Yeah, that's another good one. I love, okay, this, this is why I used to laugh at these people. And I'm sorry, it's not a laughable thing, really. But, okay, when I was in command of my company, I was 200 soldiers in my company. Young captain, right? And uh, right across the hallway from me, was my first sergeant. This guy, uh, okay, think about the most senior NCO you can think of. He's got 20, maybe 30 years in the service uh, or in that ballpark. So he's not dumb. He lived the life of an enlisted soldier. So we get soldiers that would get in trouble. They'd come in. We'd have what's called night court, right? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the judge. Um, the first sergeant is both the prosecutor and the defense attorney. Mm -hmm. And then you got young soldier 
who is 19, maybe, maybe early 20s, trying to tell us a story, right? Right. <laughs> I, I'd be looking at the first sergeant who's standing behind the soldier, soldier standing in front of my desk. I look at the sergeant my, uh, at my first sergeant, and he's rolling his eyes. And I'm like, okay, this just confirmed it for me. And I look right at the private or specialist go, look, you must think we're pretty freaking stupid. I've got a first sergeant with 20 years who's been there, done it. He's got every t-shirt in the book. And you think you're going to tell me something that I've never heard of before? Get over yourself. Yeah. We've lived it. And, uh, and they would look at you like, no, no, this is this is true. This really happened. No, it didn't. <laughs> you, you think you're coming up with an excuse that me and the first sergeant have never heard of before? Get over yourself. And it's the same thing with quitters. Yep. They come in singing the same old song. They think they wrote it. Yeah. I am so, I'm so new. You've never run across anybody like me before. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I was you. I was you 20 years ago. I'm not that stupid. I had a uh, a really good friend, and and it's and and there's some you, you can find this. You know, when you go on the internet, you can find what you're looking for. Uh, that said, that nicotine has actually been found to be uh, a benefit in certain to certain things, like they supposedly like Parkinson's. It's supposed to like do some things that's positive for that. Uh, but like, in, so that's, that's another one of the, like the avenues you hear people, you know, that not necessarily people who are quitting, but people who are flirting with it or quit curious, uh, will find these other little things about how it's not really the nicotine that kills you. Uh, and that is, that is usually true. It's not the actual chemical that generally gets us, but it's the delivery methods that end up getting us. It's the smoking, it's the dipping. Uh, right. I was looking on the internet just a second ago because I wanted to come up with this number because uh, we hear so much about this opioid ep- epidemic we have in the world today. And, you know, I don't know. I, the last numbers I heard were someplace between th- someplace around thirty to 50,000 people a year are dying from opioid mm. use. And uh, this article that I've pulled up here, and again, you can find what you're looking for. This is... Uh, from the U.S. National Library of Medicine, the National Institution of Health. Uh, that sounds like a fairly reputable source, and it's a got great name. Got footnotes in in all kinds of things. Uh, says here that um, uh, I went up and, and lost it. Give me just a second here. One point six. 7 million hold on where's it at damn it I shouldn't have scrolled up to see what the top said I had it sitting here right here at my deal and I lost it but the fact uh, so where I'm going here is is that what we have if 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 opioid is an epidemic uh, I don't know a strong enough word to talk about how many people are dying from the use of this chemical it's uh gosh uh damn it is there something worse than epidemic pandemic is that one uh well pandemic just means it's gone around the globe 
1.27 billion tobacco users worldwide. Wide, just users. Uh, tobacco consumption alone accounts for nearly 5.4 million deaths a year. Of the uh, 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 of the one billion people who may die in a oh, oh that's a different that's a different uh, thing. Well, it, I guess the issue the what it boils down to is yes, while the delivery methods are what's killing you, uh, the only reason you're still on that delivery method is because you're hooked on the chemical nicotine. You know, because well, this is going to kill you. If you weren't addicted to it, you go, oh, well, I better stop. Yeah. Yep, you would. Um, and you're right. It's not the, you know, it's it's not the delivery method that we're, that's the causes the addiction. It's the, it's the actual chemical that's in there. Uh, we do have a, ha you know, we have a, because some people think this is just breaking a habit. You know, it's just a bad habit we got to break. Uh, and it's not. It's an addiction. Now, you may have the habit of thumbing a big, dip into your lip and you may have a habit of standing around smoking yeah the oral fixation side yeah. but uh the chemical itself is what has its hooks in you and it's such a you know uh nicotine in very low levels is deadly by itself in very low levels you do not you do not have to have much nicotine to kill you so what we're actually getting delivered to us is is minuscule amounts altogether which uh all all in all means nothing uh we we're, we're still we're hooked on this thing that frankly one of the things that uh that that really hit me early on too when i started uh hearing people share their experience was the fact of how much time they were losing using mm -hmm. and like how much how it would like uh specifically people who were like ninja dippers that was running off and hide uh they would they would like you know they were they were losing time with their with their wife and kids yes. you know with their loved ones uh because of slipping off to use and, i'm raising my hand i'm guilty as hell uh and that's you know that had not you know i knew i was losing time with my kids when i was doping and drinking but i didn't think about the fact that i was losing time uh using nicotine yeah we justified it by saying well i just don't want my kids to see me do it yeah uh, okay, gee, how big a dumbass do you have to be? You know, why don't you just not do it at all and spend all this time with your kids? I, I was too fucking stupid. I admit it. But, oh, you know, uh, I guess the essence is, that's why uh, this is a, it's a hard sell to some people to call it an addiction. Because mm -hmm. to them... Addiction. Okay, you the well the opioid, you know, epidemic. epidemic. That to them is an addiction. Right. Uh, alcohol. It, it hell. How long did it take for people to realize alcoholism is a disease born of an addiction? Right. Yeah. This, that took a long time. Yep. And he, here we are trying to tell people that nicotine is is just as destructive. Is really a chemical addiction that will lead to your death. Uh, my brother's signature block, when he was still on that uh, on on KTC, had the quote uh, from some doctor uh, that nicotine is the only drug that, if used as 
as as directed as directed will kill you yeah you can't argue with that because that's exactly what it is it will kill you yeah it's interesting that you can pick up a a substance that says that plainly on the label and go okay I'm, yeah, I'm cool yeah, with that. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm on. What it is is, is it won't. The, it's the, it's that terminal uniqueness that we tend to have that it won't get me. You know, it'll kill millions of other people, but not me. Yeah, killed my mom, killed my dad, killed three of my four grandparents, but for some reason, I'm immune. Yep. Yeah, and that's another thing, man. You watched it happen to your loved ones, and still yet continue to use that substance, and that is a, uh, that's insanity. That's, uh, you know, uh, well, you were talking a minute ago about uh, just, uh, it's fairly recent information that we're, that alcoholism is a disease. I mean, it's been, we know, we've known that for some time now, but in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty new. A uh, hundred years ago, they put you in an asylum when you were an alcoholic because they thought you were crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, not, not sick, but crazy. Uh, and, and reading that can or that label on the side of the box of cigarettes, pack of cigarettes, and seeing that it says it will kill you and having lost loved ones due to it, I still will open up the pack and fire one up. Yep, I'm different. I'm different. They didn't have me in mind when they put those uh, warnings on the label. Yeah. Not me. Yeah, and, you know, we got this whole, uh, you know... Uh, addiction also is found there's a there's an there is a genetic issue to it so you actually pick it you know you pick that up through your genes so like knowing that mom and dad were addicts of nicotine uh and knowing you know because i can't remember what the what the there's a there's a stat out there someplace and it comes if if one of your parents is uh is an addict then you have a like a 50 percent chance of being an addict also if both of them are, it's like ninety. Yeah, you're pretty much doomed. Yeah, and and yet you we still pick it up. And the, you know what I people say that nicotine doesn't do anything to you too, right? Like when I get when I drink, I get drunk. When I use drugs, I get high. When I when I use nicotine, I don't get anything, right? I don't really yeah. think I'm getting anything anymore. Once I'm down the path, you know, in the beginning I did. I remember in the very beginning uh, getting so high off a cigarette that I, I had to lean and sit against a wall because I thought I was going to fall down. Yep. Um, and then the next day I wanted that high again and it wasn't as, it wasn't as good uh, the second day. And then before long, you're not getting anything off of it. Uh, that you can feel. That you yep. can feel until you stop. <laughs> or until you start actually... Uh, during your annual doctor's visits, and they're going, wow, uh, your blood pressure seems to be up. Yeah. I mean, that's an indicator right there. Your cholesterol is going through the top. What's this about? Another indicator. Yeah. Um, but, of course, we go, well, I'm just getting older. I'm in a high-stress job. Yeah. Which, you know, for military, that's uh, that's just what we're going to say. You know, I, I'm in a high-stress job. No wonder I got high blood pressure. Well, Jesus, why would I keep on doing something that has a direct contribution to high blood pressure? Yep. Because you are addicted. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dick. Uh, <laughs> addicted. 
I mean, I'm going to drink and smoke and dip and think that uh, my heart is not going to eventually explode in my chest. Uh, one of my very favorite uh, AA speakers who has passed now, uh, his name was Bob Earl, and he was breaking all kinds of uh, uh, rules when it came. And actually for a while, he was uh, ostracized and wasn't allowed to speak for AA anymore because he was talking about too many outside issues. And one of them was smoking. And there's a particular tape where he talks about quitting smoking and he gets heckled in the audience. Jeez, and uh, and it and this was like in the, I think this was in the late seventies. That's how long ago it was that he was he was beating that drum, and uh, as we know, uh, AA is notorious for smokers. Uh, my first meetings I went to when I was sixteen years old. The only thing I really remember is old men, coffee, and cigarette smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a room where you ever see when the, you get the thermocline going on in a room where there's a layer of smoke that hangs X many feet off the ground, you know, about five feet off the ground, there's a wall. And oh, if, you're, yeah. if you're below that, you can see, and if you stick your head up in it, it's like being in the clouds. Uh, that is what I remember. Uh, and he was talking about that. But one of the things when he was talking, he went to some, he went someplace and they told him that uh, it was basically like, putting a gun to your head and shooting yourself in the head with a little bitty gun every time it was uh, smoking was uh was very very slow suicide is what it is sure it is absolutely uh and and no different than any other uh delivery method and i guess they're finding the science to support that about vaping too yep yeah we're gonna find that you know again you know uh what they used to have commercials of doctors and lab coats telling you to smoke, uh, you know, that it was okay. And, mm. and, uh, I think we're probably going to find the same thing out about vaping as soon as the jury comes in and, and we get some time under our belt where people are going to start seeing the, the effects of what, what vaping is doing to people. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, what they'll find out and uh, this guy I've rode with in the, uh, when I was a lineman uh, for the, the phone company, uh, he went from smoking American Eagle cigarettes, which they... they Organic. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it stunk to holy hell. My God, Joe, how can you smoke this shit? And I'm a Marlboro Light guy. And so as we're working a line, you know, we're just... We're like freaking chimneys. Mm-hmm. Well, he got smart. Well, at the time, I thought... And it's still smarter than smoking those American Eagles. I guarantee you this. But he became a vapor. Mm. And, and I'm like, I applauded him. That's a big step. But kind of like uh, some of our buddies, you know, they were really cranking up the, the nicotine content. Yeah, right. What was it? Amp? Amp was yep. doing that. Yep. Twenty. Uh, and I went through a big vaping phase also. Um, he was doing... I think it. I think it's twenty-five milligrams per milliliter. Is was the strength of it, of what he was vaping. Yeah, that's and, what he was. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and I think that's up in the neighborhood of what dipping does to you. Uh, yeah, and it's some. He, it's someplace north of what a full strength uh, regular Marlboro is. He uh, well, the way Amp described it, he was definitely as juiced, if not more, than I was. Yep. And uh, watching my buddy Joe go through this, um, he would constantly say, 
I'm just inhaling water vapor. Yep. I'm like, Joe, there's there's got to be more to it because you are putting a chemical into this. Yeah. It's... And he still does it. And I, you know, God bless him. He's not, he's not going to die of, uh, well, not hacking up a lung, I hope. Yeah, we don't know that yet. We just don't know it yet. Um, but uh, it, it's it's just interesting that he was my uh, my exposure to where the nicotine addiction is going. You know, you, you you see what I'm saying? That you know we're heavy duty smokers and dippers, and then all of a sudden we're gonna find a new avenue because of the promises that it's not gonna it's not as bad for you, or it's even better for you. Remember the old quit plans? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit smoking and I'm gonna start chewing. Then after chewing, I'm gonna go to cigars. After cigars, I'm gonna go to, uh, you know, those whole progressive plans. Yep, I had one. The the, the uh, and and that that shit was born in the '70s and '80s, and people still still think it's valid. That you know, I'm just gonna cut down and eventually, you know, I'll be done. Now. No, you're not going to be done until, until this shit's out of your system for a good, you know, a good little while. But we have a school thing that popped up the other day, and uh, that they invited all the parents to come to my ch- my kid's school to talk about the dangers of vaping and these jewels. You know what? Oh. You've seen that J U L E? I think they're called. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that are a real uh, well. I think they're not as discreet as they were just months ago but a very discreet way to vape uh without you know especially for kids yeah well those fuckers are targeting the military now and i take personal uh personal issue with that uh the the having so-called vets and you know you you don't know if they are or not they're actors for all you know and saying well when i was in you know it was standard that you know you know this is just what we did but then I, as I transitioned out, that's a catchphrase, transitioned out. We don't retire. We don't ETS. We don't leave. We transition. Hmm. We transition out of the military into civilian society where nobody understands us. So we're transitioning. And the only way I could adequately transition my nicotine use was to use my jewel electronic cigarette. Hmm. You fuckers. <laughs> How dare you? Pushing the nicotine addiction... Uh, just, just quit, guys. Just, God, just quit. You're better off. Yeah, the, uh, <clears throat> you know, I do. I, you know, when I, my little jaunt, you know, when my son was born, I actually quit smoking in 2003, and it took a little while. But what I did, you know, I, 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 I that's when I became a daily dipper. Um, I keep accidentally pushing my microphone away from me. Uh. And that's when I transitioned uh, to being a daily dipper. I didn't dip all the time prior to that. Uh, and later on, I had a little jaunt in a rehab joint, and I picked up smoking again. And I smoked for, in 2013, 10 years later, I picked up smoking. And what I did to stop smoking was I started vaping. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, And I'm dipping the whole while. You know, so I'm all I'm doing is doubling up, like you were saying earlier. You know, uh, I joke, ar- I joke around. And I could have a patch on, a can of dip in my back pocket, my vape in my other back pocket, and a pack of cigarettes in my breast pocket. 
uh, make sure I have all my bases covered. I wasn't going to make sure that under any circumstances I would have a way to get nicotine into my body. Uh, I'm surprised people aren't doing it intravenously. The, uh, but I did, I, what I, what I did note when I, when I switched from smoking for about six months to vaping is I went through the same kind of withdrawal thing as I did when I quit smoking the first time of like, of coughing up the junk, like, mm-hmm. you know, clearing your system. And, and, and because I did that, I, that gave me a uh, good enough, ex- that, that, that gave me excuse to keep on using because I was telling myself, well, it was, you know, vaping was switching to vaping was just like quitting smoking. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, that justification and rationalization will do in order to continue to use. Uh, and another thing that really got to me on the on the vaping later on was the anxiety that would happen when I would start running low on juice. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or, you know, you carry spare batteries and a battery charger around with you. <laughs> And you know, and 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 you know, he's like, uh, you mind if I plug this in over here at your house? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you go someplace, and you know, you're you're making sure that you have freshly charged batteries with you, and the anxiety that would happen when I was out someplace and I slipped up, I wasn't expecting to be gone this long or whatever, and, and the job on the line took too long, and yeah, yeah, my battery died. Yeah, I ended up working late, and my my I'm I'm, I'm now moderating my e-cigarette because my batteries are low you know so i'm and 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 the problem there was what what got to me was the obsession with it you know that that uh, that's all i could think about was that my batteries were dying you know i've already i I live a half hour from my workplace and uh and i'm thinking about driving home slipping out of work and driving home to get batteries or going down the road and buy a brand new one so I didn't have to go all the way home. I know, man. I know. Hey, Joe, hurry up. Finish placing that fucking fiber. I got to go to the 7-Eleven and get me some yeah. some cigs. I'm, I'm almost or out. my battery's dead. Oh, my God. It's interesting how uh, another thing I've said, you know, uh, the government tells us don't do drugs except for theirs. Yeah, except for this one. I mean, this this is fine. Yeah, yeah. the you know, uh, alcohol and nicotine. You know, they get a cut of that. They don't want you stopping that. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, you know what, Uncle Sam, in this case, uh, I don't think it needs to be made illegal. I I think they need to stay the fuck out of people's lives in this regard. Yeah, but making things illegal has never worked before. No, it doesn't work. So they need to shut the hell up. Quit telling me I'm evil. Quit telling me I can't smoke outside, even though I don't smoke anymore. Don't tell me I can't smoke outside. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's so holier than now. Well, maybe you got a habit I don't like. I don't like you picking your nose. <laughs> you know, well, not you, Dan, but, well, you know. I th- hey. I, I like, how did you see me? <laughs> you can't pick your nose in in Central Park, damn it, that's a ticket. That's a hundred dollar fine right there. Yeah, you can't pay it. Okay, overnight in jail. I don't. If you go to the clink. I don't know if it's a nationwide law or what, but there's around here, you can't smoke within eight foot of a door. The differences or the distances change, but I think pretty much every state has uh, a regulation of that 
along those lines. I know the military definitely does. It's like 25 feet, some crazy number like that. Uh, uh, it's interesting we come up with eight foot here in Indiana. Uh, I carry a tape measure with me. Well, it maybe eight. It's the magical number eight point zero eight alcohol. Maybe uh, eight feet from the door. Maybe yeah. that's it. That's another thing we were talking about. Another friend of mine was talking about when we were. Uh, I see now and again these people that claim they're social smokers. <laughs> And and I don't, uh, I'm interested in knowing what that means. I know some people have done that. I had one podcast guest not too long ago said that he smoked socially. And when he stopped drinking, he just stopped smoking because he wasn't. And so I think usually, I think maybe smoking socially means I only smoke when I drink. Uh, pr- pretty much. Or if you're at a party. Yeah. Uh, but if you're at a party, you're probably drinking. <clears throat> so it's interesting that uh, my buddy Tom, uh, Put down the nicotine, you know, it didn't have him. Now, other substances had him, but he just walked away from nicotine. Just flat out, no no work, no anything. He just did that. And my, I have an uncle that uh, goes down to deer camp or goes down to Fargo with us. And uh, he did the same thing. He just put down the cigarettes one day. Uh, I, I, I'm not capable of doing that. No. I, I have only known in my lifetime... And it doesn't mean there aren't more, but in my circles, I've only known two people capable of doing that. And I just, I, I was, I was stunned. I'm like, what do you mean? Are you sure you can do that? And, uh, got, you know what, had, had to, hat tip to them. Yep. Um, but I think they're more the exception than the rule. Yeah, well, we're wired for certain, uh, whatever that drug of choice kind of thing is. And, and you know, you'd like uh, maybe want to, I might want to reject that premise that nicotine was one of my drugs of choice, but frankly, it was. Um, you know, some people don't, you know, some some people find their, their drug of choice in gambling or sex or, you know, and, you know, and I have gambled, but I didn't get addicted to it, you know, and... So I suppose I kind of chalk it up to the same kind of thing as, as as that. It just didn't it didn't put its hooks in me, the way that other substances put their put its hooks in me. Yeah, and I can see that. I I actually understand how people could get hooked on that. On the gambling. On the gambling. Yeah. I mean, it's just a constant. It's, well, it's, I know if I play one more hand. Yeah, it's adrenaline rush. Yeah, or you know what? I've lost five in a row. I've got to win. The odds are in my favor, you think, right? Yeah. The more you lose, you got to have one win sometime down the road. Yeah. And so you just, it keeps on beating you. It's like um, for some people, you know, alcohol or drugs is, you know, once I get that perfect high or, you know, I'm just waiting for that next, that next good party. After that, I'll quit or something along those lines. I, yeah. Yeah, we always draw a line out there and say uh, when this happens or when that happens. Uh, and that's what I said. When my son was born, I actually said I would quit smoking. And I did. But I did not quit using the drug. <laughs> uh, it was there. It was, uh, I drew a line in the sand. And, 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 and I vaguely remember that, you know, and it was another one of those deals where, you know, uh, I didn't just put them down one day. I, I still smoked a little bit and then eventually I ended up stopping. And I can't imagine smoking one now. And I also I remember uh, the way I drank. And then when I would smoke a pack or two of cigarettes in the evening while I was drinking hard, 
uh, you know, the, how much that added to my, how bad I felt the next morning. Yeah, the, the nicotine hangover, it, it does exist without yeah. alcohol. It can be there. And a sore throat. and uh, oh, You know, yeah. uh, uh, <clears throat> I'll just speak my truth today. You know, one of the other things is when I have uh, podcast guests on that smoke, I hear that constant clearing of their throat in the podcast when I listen to it later. <laughs> you, you, you put your finger on it. Yeah, you can you can hear that. <clears throat> <clears throat> it's it's true. It's true. But you know, I, I guess it all boils down to, hey folks, you know what? Uh it's it this is normal. If you're gonna quit, these feelings are normal. These thoughts are all normal. Yep. And it doesn't matter how many days you got, eventually you'll be thinking and talking like us because we all went down that same path. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting. You know, there's there's a lot. The world is changing, and there's a lot less people smoking today than there used to be. Uh, I went and did that men's work weekend, and uh, there was 15 of us <clears throat> in that group and one smoker. Which, hmm. you know, that's... Uh, and, you know, the other thing I thought, you know, because we were... Uh, we were waiting on him to take his smoke breaks, you know, and while the rest of us are ready to continue, uh, <laughs> we'd have to hit the pause button while, while this guy went out and had a smoke break. Um, so you, you definitely see a, a lot less. And when I was still working at the other, working at my previous job, you know, the, the amount of people who were outside at the smoking area, cause I would walk out one of my, one of my best friends there smoked and I would sometimes just take a break with him and go outside and stand around with him while he smoked a cigarette and yeah, standing upwind yeah and uh but the you know the the smoking area is a lot less uh uh populated today than 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 they used to be i was actually surprised uh when i was doing the work as a lineman um how many guys didn't smoke how many of the seniors didn't smoke the smokers were in us, uh, you know, the new blood. You know, I, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile that in my head. I thought walking in as a smoker, I'd just have, you know, I'd be surrounded by, you know, guys that did it all the time. When in actuality, uh, on the team that I was on, it was just Joe and I as the heavy duty smoke. Well, me, Joe, and Keith, um, out of, out of a, a team of, think there is nine of us it was just surprising it was the exact opposite um ratio than i expected uh, which is good for them i mean hell i that that job's gonna kill you yeah. line work can kill you mm -hmm. right um you could do everything right and still die that's how dangerous being a lineman is whether you're electrical lineman or or uh communications it can kill you in a heartbeat um and I mean, you watch uh, any of those guys in the movies doing that same kind of work. They, they're smoking like chimneys, uh, just like you watch any war movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> World War II war movies, uh, the old ones. Everybody is smoking and fighting over their packs of Lucky Strikes and whatnot. Yep. Yep. And they got that uh, cigarette hanging out of their lips. And I thought I was well. I didn't think I. I know I was cool. Right. I look cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just like me and my pacifier. <laughs> and that's why. That's why. Uh, every time I see that, uh, you, 
you reposted it, what, uh, maybe last month? Yeah, sometimes. I, I still busted a gut because I knew. I was like, he he's not just uh, making a point. He's kind of mocking the the macho aspect of the oral fixation. Yep, yep. Uh, like you said, I knew I was cool standing around smoking. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I was getting ready to bite my tongue. Um, so I played around on this dating site, and almost without a hitch, uh, they all say, smoking off limits. If you are a smoker, do not contact me. If you are a smoker, do not contact me. Uh, I thought I looked cool. I thought I was attracting women back then by smoking. Yeah. Because you're a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. And a bad boy. What James Dean kind of kicked back with a pack of cigarettes. Remember, roll them up in your t-shirt. I didn't, I wasn't old enough to do that. But, I uh, never, yeah, but, but, I, I mean, but I remember seeing that image. <laughs> so, uh, I think we ought to wrap this thing up, man. But what I want to do is kind of put a call to action out there for anybody that is looking to looking to maybe take that out of their life uh would you say uh, add it to the, your recovery roster or if you're yeah. not uh you know I, I look at recovery as a uh my favorite definition is to regain or reclaim that which was lost or stolen and uh frankly that nicotine addiction steals a lot from you and it'll eventually steal your life um so if you want to uh if you're interested in possibly putting down the nicotine uh we have some you know we have a way to do that and it's uh it's uh it's the same thing we say in uh 12-step circles it's it's simple but it's not easy uh of uh coming and, and doing this thing in a we environment uh i could never i could never stop on my own but we seem to be able to so uh, those multiple avenues there that uh, I listed earlier to be able to contact me, uh, you can do that. You can find me on Facebook or find me on uh, at my dtmww.net site or spiritualunderground.org. Uh, all those places have ways to get a hold of me. And if you're interested, uh, it's a one, you know, uh, I do struggle with helping people with their drug and alcohol use when I'm not local to you. Uh, that, that is not a barrier uh, I don't think it's a barrier there either. I think that's a little bit of an old idea. Uh, but it's uh, it's not a barrier in this nicotine cessation thing. It does not matter where you live. Uh, in our quick group, we had a guy who lived in Japan. Oh, yeah. And the best time I knowledge, he, uh, Gatorade is still quit today. Uh, every once in a while, I will touch base with him, and uh, and he is. We've got a guy, one another one of the guys is in Hawaii. So we're spread out all over the world, and it doesn't matter uh where you're at if you want to join us in this uh in this uh journey of setting nicotine down and and getting it out of our lives uh we have a way to do that that worked for us and we're willing to share we actually need to share it with you i will rephrase that i need new quitters in my life damn right so that uh well a i remember what it was like so i don't get complacent and uh and B, uh, I'm a firm believer that you have to give it away to keep it. Uh, I have to give this thing away in order to continue to uh, have it, uh, to, 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 to remain quit. Yeah, keep participating. Yeah, so final thoughts, brother? Uh, no, I think we really uh, uh, had some great discussion here. A lot of fantastic takeaways. Um, if you know, For people that are just starting out, 
or for those that are undecided. Um, I, I think uh, just looking across the table and, and seeing the healthy attitude um, of somebody that's quit goes a long way. Yeah, if you're quit curious, uh, you know, and that's the way, you know, um, that's the way Kevin came in, you know. He wasn't sure he wanted to quit yet. He was doing the moderation thing. And, Boy, uh, talk about somebody that just jumped in. Mm, that was awesome. Yeah, he came in and was doing a step-down method. And I know we're kind of reversing, but he decided to do that. And after talking to us, he just finally said, uh, hell with it, I'm quitting. And posted a day one, and I believe today is his day 32. So uh, super cool, and I uh, hope we continue to attract more and more new quitters and help people. Yeah, like you uh, said, I'd, I, I'd, I need them. Um, just so that there's that feeling of helping. And what did you say? Uh, I, I think you said it early on, or I mean, you you bring it up multiple times in your podcast. It just if we can reach one guy. Yep, just one. Not not one guy, one quitter. If we yep. can reach one person, uh, that means the world to me. So. Yep. Yep. And our uh, our hour this morning is well worth every minute of it if we can touch one person and 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 they can. Uh, say yes to yes me too i want that uh i want that also that absolutely wit state of mind so, so thanks for having me back uh this this was great yeah uh, yeah uh, it's it's something dear to my heart and and you've uh i've said before uh have about have as much has have more quit knowledge than anybody i know and uh and so you're my resident professional whenever we're doing this kind of stuff because i need you uh I need you as a co-host in the nicotine cessation world. Although I feel pretty solid in it, uh, you're my guy. I love love being here. So we, with that, we will close this thing up. I'll change it up just a little bit today because I actually, you know, I lifted this from someplace else. But I used to say this too, man. If you're not having fun and you're quit today, it's your own damn fault. Uh, thank thank you all for allowing Jim and I to uh, participate in our quit in this manner today. Yeah.